This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Nick Preciado, editor of San Jose Spotlight. Following the May 26 mass shooting at a light rail yard in downtown San Jose, VTA halted all light rail service. Over a month later, and service has not resumed, leaving local commuters frustrated and finding other ways to get to and from work. Joining me now to discuss the delay in resuming service is reporter Tron Nguyen. Hey, Tron. Hey, Nick. So, Tron, what does VTA have to say about when light rail service will start up again? Well, good news. As of July 8th, um, this week, VTA has released a timeline of when commuters should expect light rail to come back. Um, They're expecting things to be back up and running by the end of July. Okay. And what's causing this delay? What do we know about that? Right now, VTA is saying that there's two fronts that they're working on simultaneously to bring up, um, to bring back light rail. One of them is infrastructure. VTA officials have talked about how the shooting has damaged buildings, equipment, and technology necessary to light rail operation. They're also working to make sure that employees feel comfortable enough to come back to work. Another aspect of this is the people that died during the shooting held very highly technical jobs, and those are really hard to fill. I see. And that's jobs specific to the light rail, correct? Like substation maintainers and things like that. Right. Okay. Correct. And engineering. And only a few of those people can operate and can conduct inspections required by federal laws. I see. Now, there's also another potential cause for this delay in that there could be workers out on medical leave due to trauma from the mass shooting. How much do we know about that? So at the day of the shooting, more than 100 workers were at the site. And we don't know how many people are currently on leave. But if those workers are on medical leave because of the trauma due to the mass shooting, VTA couldn't really do anything about that. One of the phases that been completed under this new timeline is that VTA has reached out to workers who were at the rail yard to make sure that they feel comfortable and they're ready to come back to work. We don't know how many people that will be, but we'll find out. Right. Didn't VTA just get about $20 million to put towards resuming light rail service as well as helping these families and the victims cope, correct? That's correct. State lawmakers and local lawmakers has announced that last week. We don't know what is the timeline of when that money is going to come, but once it comes, VTA will get to decide how to spend those that money. I see. And now, what are commuters and transit advocates saying about this delay? I, I take it some people are happy that there's a timeline out now for when service will resume. Right. So after VTA published the timeline, on Twitter, people are saying that, hey, thank you. This is, you know, everything that we've been asking for. We just need to know when to expect things to come back up. And I think people are really excited to see that there's a detailed plan coming out. And now, last question, just walk me through maybe a couple of these phases. What are the next steps in terms of getting light rail up and running? Right now, VTA is in phase two, where it's completing a relocation of light rail operation. Next step would be phase three, where workers will actually come back and start to inspect and do any repairs if needed to these trains. Operators are then going to be test run these trains without any customers or any passengers for 
about a week or so. And then if all things goes well, hopefully the train's going to be back up and running by the end of July. Well, fingers crossed on that. I know there's a lot of commuters out there that need to get back to their usual form of getting to work. Thank you for coming on, Tron. I really appreciate it. Of course. If you spent 4th of July weekend in Santa Clara County, you heard the hundreds, if not thousands, of fireworks going off in the streets and up in the night sky. Fireworks are illegal in just about every part of the county, but that didn't stop residents from celebrating how they saw fit. Joining me now to talk more about this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. Hey, Eli. How's it going? Hey, Nick. It's going well. So how did San Jose and Santa Clara County prepare for dealing with fireworks during the holiday weekend? So officials from both the city and the county spent weeks really trying to get the message out there to residents that they should not set off fireworks. You saw evidence of this last week when a bunch of officials gathered outside uh, the East San Jose foothills, which, I mean, you can just look at, they're extremely dry. Supervisor Cindy Chavez spoke there. She noted that vegetation is extremely dry this year because of the historic drought, and that was backed up by officials from uh, city and county law enforcement, CAL FIRE, Uh, and the head of the Bay Area Air Quality Management District. Um, They also made it really clear, or tried to make it very clear, that top of the risks of fires and toxic smoke, that residents could get in serious trouble for setting off fireworks. Multiple officials mentioned that they were taking a zero-tolerance approach to fireworks this year, and you could see that San Jose was backing that up with the passage of the social host ordinance, which allows the city to find property owners if fireworks are launched from their property, I mean, even if they didn't set them off. So that was the general tenor that they tried to set up uh, last week in preparation for the uh, 4th. Right. And now in terms of enforcement, I know that both the city and the county were encouraging residents to either online or through a phone call, file a complaint to let them know about these illegal fireworks, where they're located, who's doing it. What do we know about that? How many residents filed complaint about fireworks and how does that compare to last year? Right. So we have preliminary data from the San Jose Fire Department. They reported that just over 1,600 online reports were filed about fireworks over the 4th. That is substantially smaller than the number of reports that we saw filed in 2020. There were about 6,600 last year. But again, that data is preliminary, so it's possible we'll see that number jump up over uh, this week or next. I think anecdotally, however, you could see that there was still a lot of anger around fireworks. Um, If you just skimmed social media, you'd see that there were some people who were very, very peeved about fireworks happening on the 4th. Yes, definitely. I had people in my neighborhood who were pretty upset about that. And uh, here in my neighborhood, it's not just a 4th of July thing. Fireworks go off almost every day of the year here. Yeah. Now, in terms of the holiday weekend, what was it like for emergency responders? And what are these responders, notably firefighters, what do they have to say about dealing with the fire risks around the 4th of July? I think that, I mean, obviously emergency responders were kept pretty busy, but they've also been preparing for this for weeks now. So I don't think that they were caught off guard. We know that the county kept fires contained under 0.01 acres, which is a really big achievement. Um, Some of that also might be because some people decided to attend sanctioned fireworks shows instead of launching, you know, say, Roman candles in their backyard. Um, But there's also some frustration from people working uh, uh, those jobs over the weekend. Um, You know, we we heard from folks who felt like uh, it didn't seem like residents in San Jose uh, really heard the messages that they've been trying to get get out over the last few weeks that fireworks pose serious risks to the public. Um, And I think that's probably going to be another big conversation next year when officials start planning how to deal with the 4th 
and are thinking about uh, their messaging strategy for the public. I see. And now what about the police response? How many um, citations were issued or were any fireworks seized by police on the 4th or around the holiday? Yeah. So in San Jose, uh, the police department issued 10 citations and they seized about 550 pounds of fireworks. We haven't received an update from them this week, so we don't know if that number has changed. It might. Um, On the state level, you can get a sort of better sense of how big the haul was this year. Um, I was told that law enforcement confiscated somewhere around 280,000 pounds of fireworks across the state over the last year. Um, 80,000 pounds of that came from just a two-weekend stretch uh, of seizures near the border with Nevada, which is where a lot of the fireworks come from. Now, in your reporting earlier this week, you also touched on the fact that there was a spike in air pollution in the city on the 4th of July. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this probably doesn't come as a shock, but the air quality always gets worse on the 4th of July. Um, The Air Quality Index, which tracks air quality, uh, has recorded San Jose's air quality is good for the last week or so, but uh, on the 4th, it uh, spiked to moderate. Um, So the air was nowhere near as bad as the height of fire season, but even a relatively small increase in particulate matter isn't really great for people with asthma or other respiratory diseases. Um, And, you know, the the fourth is also a preview of how bad the air quality can become and is probably going to become in the coming months once wildfires actually start in earnest. Um, This is something that Jack Brent, the head of the Bay Area Air Quality Management District, tried to highlight last week during the press conference. Um, you know, and we've, we've seen that we're at a 10-year high for the number of fires in California this year. So uh, if you think about what last year's air quality is, you can probably imagine that it's going to get just as bad, if not worse, this coming year. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. Um, you know, I also find it pretty interesting that there weren't any major fires happening with this, too. It seems like there was response from the fire department and Cal Fire to put out some blazes, but they got to those relatively quickly. I think what we were hearing before was that officials were really anticipating the 4th to kick off fire season a little earlier than usual. Yeah, and I think that that's a credit to the vigilance of the fire departments around uh, both the city and the county. Um, They were really, really bracing for this to be, you know, maybe the worst year ever for fires on 4th of July. And uh, that didn't happen. So that's a credit to their work. Um, And also probably a credit to residents being more careful. Some of them did listen to that message about not setting off fireworks and potentially igniting a brush fire. Yes. Well, we'll try to update everybody when we get those numbers back from the police department and fire department, see if any more fireworks were seized or if any more complaints were logged. Uh, Thank you, Eli, for coming on and talking with me about this. Thank you. That's it for this episode of The Potlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. Thanks for listening. I'm editor Nick Preciado. We'll see you next week.